Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Yeah, boy. Give it up for Mark. I love that, man. Give it up for Mark, man. What a great series that we're launching today. Again, my name is Pastor Jeremy, and uh, along with my wife, man, we just have the honor of pastoring this amazing church. We're turning two people, two years old, and so, man, we're excited for all that God is doing, and how many know the best is yet to come, all right? So turn your neighbor and say, we're just getting started, all right? All right? Turn your second best and say, oh, hi there, right? Oh, hey. How are you? How you doing? So we're in the middle of a series called Remix, called Remix Avenue Church. It's our 90s-based series. But before I jump in, I just want to share that last Sunday, we had Team Sunday. How many were here for Team Sunday? We had, we had Team Sunday, which we talked all about uh, uh, getting on into a team. How do we do Relationship Avenue Church? Get on a team, join a group. Get on a team, join a group. And so if you want to lead a group, and remember Lorenzo said it's so great. If you want to lead a group, or if you want to host a group, it's all about doing what you're currently doing. So if you're playing basketball, boom, that's your group. If you're studying the Bible, boom, that's your group. If you're watching the Super Bowl party with a bunch of friends, boom, that's your group. Make sure you begin to find whatever you're doing and make that a group because life is better with others. But also last Sunday, we had team signups all over the lobby. We have an amazing A-team. But out of those signups, we had 86 people sign up, filling 98, 98 areas of ministry. Give it up. 86. Right? What? 86 people filled up 98 areas of ministry. You know what that is? That's making a difference. That's you being used by God for a purpose and on a purpose. So I encourage you. If you missed like the great draft, you can go to Grow Track Step 1 today. And we encourage you, all those that signed up, get into Grow Track if you can. But welcome to Remix, man. Remix is our blast from the past 90s series. All right, raise your hand if you're born in the 90s. Born in the 90s. Where's our 90s babies at? Look at that. They're proud. Born in the 90s, right? <laughs> How many were parents in the 90s? You were parents in the 90s. Put it up. Come on. You survived. You made us, right? Like, here we are, right? I was in the 80s. Okay, back up. Come on, somebody. So the 90s were great. 90s were wonderful. And so I, want, I asked our team. I asked our team on the A team. I said, hey, give me pictures of, your, of, of you in the 90s. I want to see baby pictures, adult pictures, whatever you are. So every week we're going to be doing this. I encourage you. If you want to get in on the party, you've uploaded your own social media. You can also email us your 90s photos, and we're going to show everybody. All right? So here's the first one. My man Ricardo. Put it up for Ricardo. Ricardo, come on. Give it up for Ricardo. He serves on the A-team. He's over the crew, sediment teardown teams. He's exceptionally amazing. And so here he is with his son, Caden. Uh, now I want you to look at his 90s photo. Look at that. Woo! Look at that. Is that your kid? Is that Caden? I like how you use him. You're wearing a bugle boy. Is that bugle? Right? Bugle boy. Whoa. Right? Here's another one. Brittany Cardenas. All right? How many know Brittany? She serves for Avenue Kids team. All right, she's got a beautiful little girl. She submitted her 90s photo. Ready? Yes! I think she was auditioning for Whoville. I don't know. <laughs> the Grinch was out during the 90s. I don't know. That's awesome. But she's also married. She has an amazing husband. I don't know if he's here today, but uh, Chris, if you're here today, I love you. Chris, I love you. Your wife submitted this photo, okay? So I don't have permission. So please come back next week. Stay in our church. I love you, Chris. But she... She submitted her husband's photo. Here it is. Ah. 
So that's Chris on the left, and <laughs> he's holding his big brother. It's so great. I love it. It's amazing. It's incredible. So here's another one. Henry. This is my favorite one. Henry. How many of you know Henry and Denise? Henry's in the back. Say hi, Henry. Henry serves on our sound team, our production team. His beautiful wife, Denise, she's over at our coffee bar in the lobby. How many appreciate free coffee in Avenue Church? Coffee, tea. Thank you, Lord. But Henry, <laughs> but Denise submitted, I like the wife submitting husband's photos. Like, take it, take it. And so she submitted her husband's photo. Here's Henry. Yeah. Right, you know nothing about that. You know, no, no. I like how you're against the lockers. Like, what's up? He's wearing Sean John, right? Sean John, baby. Look at this next photo. We helped him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Dog alive, yeah. I love it, Henry. <laughs> he had no beard, so I was like, that's not Henry. Is that Henry? You are not Henry. All right. Uh. So how about we enjoy 90s different things like that? How about, how about this 90s TV show, Full House? How many remember that? Full House? First service was like, no. <laughs> right, cut, cut it out, right? Full House, how about this next one? Yeah. I love it. I love Family Matters. I love, did I do that, Right? I mean, you know, if you stick, if you stick in this series remix for the next six weeks, you're gonna walk in looking like Urkel, but you're gonna walk in, walk out looking like Stefan. How I many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Stefan, baby. <laughs> All right, here's another one. How many remember this show? Dinosaurs. Yeah. I remember dinosaurs. Ah! I got excited when I saw that. My wife and I were YouTubing dinosaurs last night, right? You're not the mama. You're not the mama. How many remember that? Okay, we'll keep moving on. There's styles in the 90s. How many remember these awesome jeans in the 90s? Come on. Come on. Jinko, FUBU. Raise your hand if you wore those bad boys. Come on, be proud. Put those hands up. All right? Those are the kind of jeans you wore to movie theaters. All right? You're like, I got a Subway sandwich in there. I got a bag of popcorn. You just walk on into those movies, right? <laughs> I saw those. I love it. In the summertime, they would cut them. And so you put your socks all the way up with your big fubu jeans. You look like a dress. You know what I mean? Like, you know nothing. You know nothing. Here's another one. A lot of us, our kids in this day and age, we have iPads, right? We have iPads, cell phones. Our kids are just, you know, they're on them things. And we are like, turn it on. And so back then, no, we had Nintendo, right? We had Game Boy, right? We had those things. But some of us, we weren't, you know, like, as blessed. And so we had ring toss. How many have a ring toss? Right? It's one button, and the whole time you're, ah, whoosh, ah. Remember ring toss? You would get a ring to go in that little thing at, like, the middle of the night, and you could tell somebody, look what I did. And like, what happened? It came out of that dumb thing, like, stupid ring toss. How about this next one? This is my favorite one. How many remember these markers? These 90s markers, scented markers, all right? You'd be sitting in school going, oh, these are awesome. Get grape and strawberry. How many get the markers all over your nose because you're too busy sniffing up? This is the place where you can know God, where you can find freedom from the markers, right? You'd be in the classroom like, I love grape. <laughs> 
Uh, now we have Walkmans, right? We have Walkmans. We put the cassette in there. We talked about that, a lot about that last year. How many uh, CD player came out with skip reduction, right? You walk by somebody, you go, ah, like, dude, my song, right? You pause their song. Bobby, remember Talk Boy, Home Alone 2, Talk Boy. Remember this one? Remember Talk Boy? I had a Talk Boy. It was amazing. It's like one out of a 10 in the entire United States, all right? Talk Boy is incredible from Home Alone 2, but I'm also giving you different sounds from the 90s. You guys ready to go back? You ready to go back? Here's the most popular sound from the 90s. Check this out. Ready? Oh, Jesus. How many remember this one, right? What are you doing? Check an email. Someday, right? <laughs> It'd be like, no internet after, after bedtime. I'd be like, boop, 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 boop. Are you on the computer? No, no. I got to chat with my people, you know? <laughs> we had like terrible emails back then. How about this other song in the 90s? One of the most, this is the popular um, song in the entire uh, century of the 90s. Check this out. Ready? Help me out. Burn church. Burn church. Calm down, people. Okay, okay. Stop. Stop. People just went back, didn't you? You just went back. You went. Listen, listen. We're not trying to drag you. <laughs> you're like, you're like in your seat. Now, there's a lot of Christians, all right? There's Christians in the 90s where you, know, you grew up in church. And, and so I'm going to play the most popular Christian worship song in the entire 90s. You ready for this? Popular Christian song in the entire 90s. Check this out. Ready? Come on, people. Help me. Help me with this. Ready? So terrible, they don't, even, they don't even want to play it. You ready? Most popular Christian song of the 90s. Ready? Here we go. We got it? No? Oh, it's frozen? All right, give it up for our production team back there. They're killing it. They're doing a good job. <laughs> let me know. Let me know, all right? You let me know. Just play it in the middle of my service. We'll have some Holy Ghost. People will get saved. Be amazing. So we had all kinds of different songs in the 90s. That most popular song. Come on, people. Praise to the King. Look at that guy. Okay. How many remember that one? Raise your hand. You remember that? Look at that. Look at everybody. Look at. Oh, shut up. Shut up. See, the devil didn't even want that video played, huh? You know, first service we played that, I thought people were like, Woo! People were like, <laughs> They're crying. This is the most powerful service ever. I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll calm down. It's the jacket. It's the jacket. I apologize. Now, so I bought this jacket this week, and people go, Patriots colors? I'm like, oh, no. I need to burn it after service. 
But we're in a remix series. Here's the definition of remix. If you're a first-time guest, welcome. This is my buzzer good, all right? Remix. Here's remix. Remix in the verb means to mix again, but in the noun, check this out. Remix means a variant of the original recording. So I'm going to remix a song. I'm going to remix something. It's a variant of an original recording made by rearranging or adding to the, say it right there. Original. Original. It doesn't mean, hey, you know what, I don't like my spouse right now, so I need to swap him out and get somebody else in there. No. We're asking you today, we're going to remix the original. Well, here's a disclaimer. This is a sex, love, and marriage series, but I am not a shock and awe preacher. I'm not going to say something that's vulgar or rude or crude. I'm going to give you information for the next six weeks. For the next six weeks, we have seen God do powerful things in this series last year. We have seen people walk in dating for their first service and a year later married. Come on, somebody. We have seen people take vows. We have seen people move on and beyond in their relationship. This is not a series, though, for little ones. So teenagers, young adults, please be in here. But if you got little ones during the next six weeks, I encourage you, get them to Avenue Kids. It is a great, great area of ministry for our little ones in Avenue Kids. Can we give it up for our Avenue Kids people today? So awesome. And so I encourage you. I encourage you. You know, Avenue Kids, today, they're growing so much that our first through fifth on the other side had to expand the room. Can we give it up for our first and fifth graders? They're expanding. God's doing something amazing. But therefore, as we grow bigger, I encourage you, help us to grow smaller through groups. Help us lead a group. So text TRAIN to 727-8280. Not soul train, but just train, so that we can get you a um, nine-minute video, fill out an online form, boom. You'll be having a phone call. You'll be leading a group. But here's our series scripture. You can hear this every week. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ... They are a new creation. If anyone's in Christ, they are remixed. If anyone's in Christ, the old is gone and the new is here. The old is gone and the new is here. This is not a series designed to help couples remix their relationship. This is not a series designed to help you find the one. We're going to talk about that. But this series is designed to help us to build a better us. I want you to build a better you so that you'll be equipped to build better relationships. I'm going to remix the original you during these next six weeks. Because the healthier we are, the healthier our relationships will be. Listen to me, young person, married folks, baby boomer in this room. The, the truth is our relationships will never be any healthier than we are. Therefore, we need to remix ourselves. My marriage is just fall apart. Remix yourself. I'm single. I can't find anybody. Remix yourself. I'm going to divorce and I'm going to remix yourself. Begin to see God do a work in your life over the next six weeks. But we can revert back to the 90s during the series because many of us, we grew up in the 90s. Many of us, we parented in the 90s. But I really want to begin to encourage you that although we were in those areas, in those series, that although we grew up in the 90s, we still need to remix the way we think about relationships. How many of you know the teenage love cycle, right? When you're, you're going junior high and high school and, hey, I like you and do you like me and, and, and let's go out, okay, right? And we carry that into our adult relationships, that there's a love cycle, that we go into relationships knowing nothing except what culture has taught us. 
Our culture teaches us that that's not always a Zach and Kelly relationship. Come on, shout it, grab it, right? But it might be a Rachel and Ross relationship. Like, Ten seasons later, finally. It can be complicated. It can be confusing. And because of that, we need to remix our minds. So if you're taking notes, you don't have to Facebook down here. Check in on Avenue and use that for notes. Get your notepad out. Write in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a free Bible to walk away with today. I would love to have that honor. But I want you to write this down. We need to remix our mind. So here are some unhealthy mindsets that we bring into our relationships. Number one is unrealistic expectations unrealistic expectations that we're expecting that, you know what, I'm going to have the perfect relationship. When I find the one, come on, somebody, it's going to be perfection. My better half is going to complete me. Remember that movie? You complete me. Right? I'm sorry. Come on, Jerry Maguire. Come on. But we think maybe there's no hardships. We think that maybe when we find the one that we, through, through our unrealistic expectations, we'll find someone to serve us hand and foot. Man, when I married Pastor Lindsay, she served me great. No! That's number one, is unrealistic expectations. Number two is out of control emotions. That will bring, will bring our emotions into our relationships. That we think that if we're, if we have chemistry with somebody in our life and there's a physical attraction, we say, that's love. Right? I, like the, I like the bears, and you like the bears, <gasps> and you're good looking. <laughs> We're in love. I found it. So I want to encourage you with out of control emotions where we, we live life based upon our feelings. Have you ever that, heard that before? What, why you like that guy? It just feels right. It just feels good. Number three is poor communication. Poor communication. I once, uh, in junior high, I remember this story so vividly. I'm going to share it with you to open up an old wound, okay? I'm going to, and so there was a girl in my class. She was so pretty, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask her out. But I didn't have the courage because this was my first, like, girl I was going to talk to and ask out. And so I wrote a note. And, you know, when you, when you write a note, you fold that note up. And the girls back then, man, you guys would do, like, you would fold it a million times. It'd be like a unicorn or, like, a weird-looking ass. Or, like, it'd be folded in. I'd rip it trying to get the letter. Like, what does this say? And by the time you unravel it, it's like a big old letter. Like, I really, like, are you going to ask me out yet, right? Like, this big old thing, what? But when I wrote a letter, I wrote a, a nice little note because I was very diplomatic back then. I wrote, hey, do you like me? Checkbox, yes. But well, that was 50-50 chance, so I put another checkbox, no. And I had a third one because I'm intelligent. And the third one was not right now, maybe prom. Come on, somebody. <laughs> maybe down the road. Maybe 10 years after high school. Huh? And so I wrote that up. I folded it just, just four times. I made a little square, and it was time for lunch. I remember I grabbed the note, and her desk was right there. And I, I was so smooth. I had the note right here. I was like, all right, let's go to lunch. And I went, whoop, threw it under her desk. Whoop, all right. I'm like, so smooth. All right, come on, somebody. <laughs> went to lunch and came back from lunch. When I got back in the classroom, she had the note, and she was with her posse. Like her small group all came together. Snicker, snicker, snicker. Yeah, I mean, like. All the girls got together because they're better together. And I'm thinking, oh, no, like they, they know, they all know, they all know. <laughs> I overheard one girl as I walked by, kind of like, hey, what's up? Yeah, I mean, like, like, so what's your answer, you know? 
And as I walked up, I heard a girl goes, there's no name on it. How weird. Why are you laughing? That's not, that's, that hurts. That hurts. So from that day on, I was like, must be nice to be liked, you know. But we carry that into our relationships thinking, you know what, maybe I just need to fold up a note. You walk into a relationship with poor communication. We're expecting them to read our mind. We're expecting them to know exactly what I feel. We expect that when I find the one that they're going to finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> Let it go. Number four, lack of responsibility. Number four is a lack of responsibility. You know, I bought this jacket. This looks like a 90s jacket. But I bought this jacket this week, brand new, in a retail store. Why? Because styles are coming back. Styles are returning. Dear God, no bell bottoms. Please, Jesus. Right? Styles are returning. But the problem is styles return or, or mindset still hasn't changed. Because here's the problem, that God designed us for relationships. Can I get an Amen. I'm not here to break people up. I'm not here to confuse you. But i got to encourage you. God designed us for relationships. We're better together. We're here to complement one another. We're here to push each other towards the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But God designed us for relationships, not the messy part of it. Not the confusing part of it. That we know in Hollywood, how many remember rom-coms, romantic comedies came out? We're like, woo, in the 80s, and the 90s. Now they're everywhere on Netflix. And when you watch a romantic comedy, it has a messy view of relationships. How many of the notebook? I wrote you letters. I didn't get your letters. Well, dang, that's awkward. <laughs> in Netflix, you can watch a romantic comedy, and you know which characters are going to fall in love with what characters before the characters ever know. Because Hollywood love is predictable, it's messy, it's confusing. And how many know God did not design it to be that way? So I'm going to break down some myths. And then I'm going to tell us how do we fall in love. So number one, myth number one in our relationships, we need to remix the myths in our lives. Number one, the myth number one is if I find the right one, everything will be okay. And all the married people said, ha-ha! But if I find the one... Everything will be all right. Now we think if I find the one, I don't have to change anything, but they're going to accept me for who I am. Oh, man, scars and all. How many know we wish it were that, be, we wish it was that case, but it's not always. Man, if I find the one, everything's going to be perfect. But you know, the whole idea of finding the one, and there's some history behind that I'm going to share in, future ser- in a future sermon. But the whole idea of finding the one is that that thought stays with you after you found the one. Now, when your marriage or your dating relationship or someone you're a partner with, maybe years down the road, it's not working out, and finally you go, maybe I picked the wrong one. Maybe I messed up. Maybe I screwed up. And that's why I want to tell you, the one, and next week I'm going to tell you, if if your husband or your wife or whoever you're with, if they're the one, I'm going to share with you next week, if they're the one in your life. But you might say, did I pick the wrong one? Did I do the wrong one? And we believe that God has one for your life. That we see in the garden, there's Adam and there's Eve. But before God created Eve, God told Adam, it was not good for you to be alone. But then he created women so they could be together. But in that, it's work. In that, there's friction. In that, there's learning. 
in that, it takes a lot of work. So there's a, a term called focalism. And focalism is the brain's tendency to magnify one thing. So if you're looking for the one, it's all you're looking for. If you ever go to a car dealership and I buy a red pickup truck, and I like red pickup trucks, because I've never seen a red pickup truck. I bought a red pickup truck because I've only seen fire stations have. They're nowhere in town. You buy the red pickup truck, and as you're driving down the road, what happens? You finally see red pickup trucks everywhere. Because <laughs> you have a focalism in your brain. It's your brain's tendency to magnify one thing to the exclusion of everything Else. It often distorts reality and can trick us into making either a bad decision or a good decision. So we're going to do a little exercise. You ready for an exercise today? On the screen, I'm going to put up a video, and there's four uh, dots. And on those dots, I want you to focus on one of those four yellow dots. Just pick one. I want you to focus on it. Do not take your eyes off that dot, but we're going to focus on that dot. You guys there? Look at that dot. Stare at it. Keep staring at that one dot. Don't change dots. Just stare at that one dot. And what's happening now in your brain, your brain decides that that dot you're staring at is the only, is the only important thing, and it's going to begin to eliminate the other dots. So watch the other dots begin to disappear as you're staring at that one dot. How I many you can raise your hand if some dots are disappearing as you're watching on the screen? Look at all those hands, right? And some of you are like, I ain't looking at one dot, Pastor Jeffrey. That's fine. We love you. But here's what happens. Here's what takes place. Oftentimes, we'll begin to focus on one area. You don't see the other areas. This can apply to our Christian walk. When we say, you know what? Right there, that is my one issue in my life. That's the only thing I look at. And God is saying, no, 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 no. That might be an issue in your life. That might be your trial or your tribulation. But right now, I have three other solutions right in front of you. You can get through this. You can get it. That will happen in your life. But here, I'm going to put the next video. Put the next video. I want you to look at our 90s boys. Come on, somebody. We got, we got A.C. Slater. Turn up the A.C. We got Zach. We got Will Smith. We got for the, for the ladies in the room, the older ladies. We got George Clooney. Come on, somebody. E.R. Woo. All right. Now, for the sake of a illustration, everyone, pick a guy. All right. Dudes, dudes are like this. I ain't doing that. No, no. Pick a guy. Stare at one of them. Go ahead. Stare at one of them. Keep staring. Keep staring. And what your eyes are going to do is your eyes are going to focus on that one guy is going to eliminate the other three guys. Because when you're looking for the one, it's the only thing that you see. Maybe that's the only person you see in your life, and you've got a pastor or a mentor or a mom or a dad saying, don't you, don't, I don't think you should date that person. There's too many red flags, and those other dots are red flags. And you're saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to stare at him because he or she is the one, and I'm going to ignore all those red flags. I'm not going to get, no, it's fine. It's okay. But those red flags are going to come up five years down the road, two years down the road, a year into your marriage. Why? Because we have focalism in our brain. Our brain tricks us to say, he is the one for my life. Sometimes we do this in our marriage, and we need to do this in our marriage. If someone could look at someone and ignore all their flaws, then ladies and gentlemen, if we're married in this room, you need to stare at nothing but your spouse, nothing, anything, no person, no other thing, only your spouse, and just say, I'm going to focus on them in Jesus' name and all the other distractions, temptations, go to disappear. You know what the Bible says? If we focus our eyes, because we want to remix us, if we focus our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, everything else is going to diminish. Everything else is going to go away. I'm getting crazy today. Myth number two. Myth number two is we need chemistry and passion. I need chemistry and I need passion. 
Man, if I could find a person who's got chemistry, like we got all these things in common, and we got passion, I found the one. It's in every love song you've ever heard. Am I, am I, am I not kidding? I've never heard a love song that it's like, I found a girl, she's okay. She's kind of cool to hang out all day. Like, we don't hear songs like that, right? Let's get physical. Like, we hear all these chemistry and passion songs. It's warping our mentality. I want to encourage you, that mindset, if, if I could find somebody who has passion and chemistry with me and I marry them and, and I do life with them, that mindset will creep back in. When the passion goes away, because it will, it will, it'll go away. Married people are going, yes, it will. Because if you're not lighting the candle, it's not going to stay lit. If you're not fanning the flame, the passion of your relationship, but it'll go away in your marriage, in your relationship, and you'll begin to find a replacement passion outside of marriage. And that's where we have to be careful. That's where we have to be on guard. We'll find replacement passion maybe in that employee at work who laughs at all your dumb jokes. Come on, somebody. <gasps> Chemistry! Maybe the TV show or a hobby or a type of addiction. Did you know what chemistry and passion is in marriage? You know what this is? You ready for this? Hey, honey, it's okay if I clean the house. Woo-wee! Come on, somebody. Chemistry and passion in marriage is going after the things of God. Serving together on the A-team. Reading your Bible, doing devotion, sharing life, and doing life. Myth number three is we need sex. We need sex. Now remember, I'm not going to be crude. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be disgusting during this series. But a myth is that this is something that I need. Now there's men in this room going, Pastor, come on, help me out. Help a brother out, Pastor. All right, I don't like this church no more, right? Pastor, heresy. But we really, we don't need Sex. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our series. May I encourage you, young adults, teenagers, man, you should be flooding at this series every single week for the next six weeks because we're going to have a healthy conversation. We're going to equip you. We're going to empower you. But here's the truth. Sex is not a need. Water is. <laughs> like, air's nice. <laughs> but sex is not a need. If I don't have I'll die. No, you're okay. Many of, during the series last year, many were, you know, living, at, you know, cohabitating, living together, whatever it was. And they said, you know what? We're going to make an oath to abstain, an oath to abstinence. And it was by them. It wasn't a requirement. It's not something I'm going to force you to do. It's not, it's not what I want. I want God's best for your life. And they said, you know what? We're going to abstain. We're going to be abstinent. So they, they can get their lives in alignment with the Word of God. See, the problem is that we take the relationship under the covers before it's covered by God. And that's where it causes a lot of confusion. That's where the chemistry and the passion will go away too soon. That's where there's a lot of issues that we carry on because marriage will not fix it. I encourage you that God created sex and all the people said God created sex. It's his. He made it. He created it. It came from him. But the world made it messy. The world broke it. The world distorted it. I want to encourage you today that maybe you're here and you're broken by maybe some sexual encounters. You're broken by your past. 
you're here in church and even just hearing this, I, I'm so sorry if it breaks your heart. But what we want you to do is over the next six weeks is keep coming back because we believe that as you begin to know God, then you can begin to find freedom. You can find freedom from your past. You can find freedom from that in Jesus' name. And we believe you can move forward into a healthy relationship, into a healthy marriage, into something healthy that God has for your life. God created it, but the world has messed it up. And so today, worship team, come on up. I'm going to close. We're having a good time. Come on. We're going to have a fun six weeks, all right? It's going to be fun. Right here, I'm going to close out with how do we fall in love? How do we fall in love? Next week, I'm going to talk about how do I know that the person I married was the one? How do I know the person I'm with right now is the one? And then next week, we're going to bring out the triangle. Remember the triangle? The triangle is coming back next week. I'm going to share with you, how do I fall in love? So here's some keys to fall in love. I want you to write this down. Did you know what it takes to fall in love? You know what it takes to fall in love? A pulse. A pulse. It's as easy as that. But you know what it takes to stay in love? A plan. Anyone can fall in love. We fall in love with people, with things, but it takes a plan to stay in love. The John chapter 13, verse 34 says this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Love each other just as I love you, that you should love one another. Now look at the scripture. A lot of times we'll just read a scripture and go, that's great, Pastor Jeremy. It's another Bible scripture. But read what Jesus says. He said, I'm giving you a new commandment. This is what I want you to do. Love each other. He didn't say love that person or love that person. What Jesus did here in this scripture is he took a noun and made it a verb. He, he took a person, place, or thing, and he said, no, 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 that's not what love is. It's not emotional. It's action. Love one another. Love your spouse. Love your neighbor. Love your enemy. It needs to be an action that takes place because we cannot command an emotion. I can't walk out of here and go, like, uh, be sad now. Be sad, Jeremy. Be sad. Might be sad if the Patriots win, but be sad. An emotion you cannot command, but an action you can. That's how you feel. I want to encourage you that every emotion exists inside of love. Remind me one day with your children or with your spouse, you'd be like, I love you so much. You're so amazing. And then the next hour, you're like, get out of my face. I don't want to see you no more. Or we love our kids, right? I love my children. I love my child. I got to say child. I love my child. Levi, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. Then he does something. What's wrong with you? Go in time out. You're a mess. Emotion brings emotion. But love just cannot be an emotion. It has to be a choice. Not we choose to love for better or worse, for richer or kind of rich. Okay, for richer or poorer, until death do we part, until you kill me, right? Until death do we part. I encourage you today, if you lost that loving feeling, it's because you stop acting in loving ways. Because love is an action. That emotion creates emotion. 
if I act upon it. And so if I preach a sermon, and this happened today, if I preach a message, and I preach twice, and I go home, I'm like, whoo, what a great day. If my wife, though, if my wife goes like, Jeremy, incredible message, so good. I am so proud to be your wife. I'll go, come on, somebody. Come here, baby. Let me love on you, girl. Let me love on you, girl. Because love, the emotion, brings more emotion. Now, here's what Jesus said, though. Jesus said, love each other the way that I love you. Now, how do we do that? How do we love people the way Jesus loved people? How do I love my spouse or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my relationship all around me? How do I love? Maybe it's Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This This is what the author says. He says, while we were still sinners... While we're still broken, while we were still wrong, while we're still confused, while we're still in the dark, Christ died for us. He sacrificed his life for us. I think my wife realized, my wife and I, we realized long ago that instead of fighting against each other, because let me tell you, that's easy to do. Instead of fighting against each other, we begin fighting to serve each other. You might be here today and you're in a broken relationship, and hear me out. If you're in an abusive relationship, you need to tell our leadership. You need to tell me, you need to tell our prayer team. But if you're in a broken relationship and you're saying, I don't feel love, I've lost that love and feeling, I don't know if we're going to make it. I want to encourage you don't fight back, but bless them serve them. It's not going to happen in the days. This is not microwavable. It's a crock pot. It's how bless you. I serve you. I honor you. That while we're still sinners, broken and in the dark, Christ died for us. While he was beaten and bruised and nailed to a cross, he did it to bless those that cursed him. While we're still sinners, he died for us. Because grace covers a multitude of sin. First John chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. Check this out. This is, I'm finally closing. It says, dear friends, let us love one another. Dear friends, let's love one another. For love comes from God. Pastor, I lost my, I lost my capacity to love. Let's begin to know God again. Because whoever does not love, they do not know God. That's why we're all about, let's know God. Many of us, we say, I know relationships, I know this, I know church, I know all these things, but I'm saying, no, 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 let's remix. Let's begin to love God. Let's begin to know who God is. And this is this, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. Here it is. If you're single in this place, here it is. Here is the one. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one. His one and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Verse 19, we love because He first loved us. Do you know how to fall in love? Fall in love with Jesus. Every wedding I've done, I say, let me give you some pastoral advice. Fall in love with Jesus. And you can't help but to fall in love with each other. Go after Jesus and you can't help but to have a healthy, thriving relationship. Will you stand with me, please, as I close? I'm going to close out in prayer in just a moment. 
I hope you enjoyed today. We're going to remix me, the original. We're going to remix ourselves because our relationships are only as healthy as we are. But in the next six weeks, I'm going to give you a challenge. Next six weeks, we're going to stop asking, Pastor, how do I find the one? If you go through the Bible and you look all over the place, you will not find the answer to that question. But instead of asking, how do I find the one? I want you to start asking, how do I become the right one? How do I become the one the one is looking for? But here, I'm going to do a little quick exercise real quick. Do this in your mind real quick. I want you to make a list. Make a list. If you're single in this place, I want you to write a list of what you're looking for. Man, if you're a lady, it's a man. This is what I'm looking for in a guy. If you're a guy, this is what I'm looking for in a lady. I want you to write that list. Good looking. Mm, come on, somebody. You better have that in there because you're going to wake up every morning next to that person. Right? I want good looking. I want godly. I want someone who exercises. I want a healthy person. I want this. I want that. Write it all down. If you're dating here, write a list. And don't make the list all about him, all right? <laughs> oh, my God. But write a list to say, this is what I want for the rest of my life. If you're married in here, if you're married in here, I want you to write a list right now in your mind. What do you wish your spouse would do? I wish my spouse would pray more. I wish my spouse would be nice. I wish my spouse would do this. Begin to write that list right now in your mind. And once you write down your list, some of you are already doing it right now. You're like math props right now. It's amazing. Yeah. Now that you know exactly what you want, I want you to write your name on that list. And say, you know what? That list isn't for them. This is now my list. I'm going to be godly. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to go after the things of God. I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to remix me so my relationship will be healthy. If you have someone that's not in this church and they're at home and they don't believe in God and you're married to them, you're doing life with them, remix yourself until they see a change in your life, until they see what is different with you. What is wrong? What... What happened? This ain't something like, ask me how I lost weight. This is something that's so more powerful. I want what you got. Let's remix our lives. God, in Jesus' name, remix us in the next six weeks. God, I pray you begin to do a work in our mind, do a work in our hearts during remix. Father, I pray you begin to heal broken relationships. God, I, begin, I pray you begin to restore marriages in Jesus' name. God, I pray if someone's with a relationship they should not be a part of, God, give them the courage and the boldness to break it off. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, help us to love people. Help us to know you. God, I pray in every relationship, friendship, dating, marriage, that God, I pray, becomes healthy as we continue to go after you. That God, today, I desire to be the one that the one is looking for. If you're married here today, say, God, I desire to be the one that they're looking for in this marriage relationship. But it all begins with knowing God. With every head out of eye closed, maybe you're here today. And you're saying, Pastor, I don't know God. I found myself more angry 
without hope, without freedom in my life. Maybe you're here today and you're saying enough is enough. I want to know God so I can find freedom, so I can discover my purpose, so I can make a difference. That every single person in this room, we all have a step to take in our faith journey. But maybe you're here today and you need to take the most important step, and that's knowing God. Maybe you're here today with every head but every eye closed and you're saying, Pastor, I want to take that step today. I want to know who God is. Will you pray a prayer with me? I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to call you by name. I'm not going to make you come to the front or to the sides. But every, every head body, if I close, I'm going to pray with you. But if that is you today, I want to put a hand up, put it right back down. Just put a hand up, put it right back down. Say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Yes, over there. Anyone else? Hand up, right back down. That's all I'm going to do. Yes, over there. Anyone else? Come on. Yes, over there. Anyone else? Yes, in the back over there. Anyone else? It's amazing. Come on, you can clap because those are people taking a step. So let's pray this prayer. Everybody, lift your voice because we don't pray alone, all right? We're loud and proud, but we don't pray by ourselves. So everybody, pray, your, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, say, be Lord of my life. Say, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today... I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. So today, remix my life. Remix my mind. Remix my relationships. Say, after today, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, give God a shout. Calm down. So we went a little long today. Next week, we'll bring out the triangle. We're going to have a great one-hour service for you guys. But here's my challenge for you. If you prayed that prayer, text HOPE to 702-727-8280. If you don't want to text, fill out that Connect card. Say, I gave my life to Jesus. I recommitted my life to Jesus. If you're interested in small groups or growth track, right now we have growth track step one today. I'll be in there teaching it. It's going to get crazier in there, all right? It's going to get fun. And so make sure you get in the growth track. I'm so proud of you guys. Enjoy today and go LA Rams. Come on, somebody.